Hi everybody and welcome to a Saturday Live episode of the Endless Cells podcast and maybe you'll hear a baby crying in the background but don't be worrying, he's getting looked after so he's not being left alone. I'm going to be joined by the judge, the executioner from the Boise bus, Mark Kearney, how you doing? I'm doing very well Stephen, yourself mate? I'm doing fine mate, this house is absolutely manic this morning, manic. <laughs> Two kids trying to get them out the door to the shop so we can get this done but we're here and the Endless Cells stats drop presenter or Extraordinary, Tony McLaughlin, how you doing? Extraordinary, this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thanks, Stephen, I'm doing super. Um, sun shining, Celtic are winning cup, so it's all good. 100%, 100%. We are on top. We won the League Cup last week. But before we get into all that, I do want to point your attention to our new show sponsor, Sharna, a clothing brand, literally inspired by life going to football, kind of casual gear, like you were with your Adidas gazelles or whatever your windbreaker hoodies and all that type of stuff. Great tops. We've ordered our T-shirts already. They'll be coming shortly. If you want to get involved with that, in the description below, 10% off, visit our website and pick whatever you want. Great wee deal, great wee website, and a great independent clothing brand. But, Mark, I'll start with yourself here. We've been called the lucky ones. We've been called the other mob. We've been called basically everything under the sun. And I know Michael Beale this week has turned it into a documentary by saying against all odds. So I don't know what he's trying to get there. We Amazon TV deal. But... Nice. The cast are mine back the last week, last Sunday. I mean, we won the cup. What did that prove to yourself? Are we miles ahead? Because when I watched it back, to be fair to you, when you leave all the nerves and stuff behind, I was like, we we were quite comfortable in most parts of that game. I was I was comfortable with full match. Normally, I'm a bag of nerves, but I, I even in the run up to the match, I, I knew Celtic were going to win that match. I mean, the mood music when about Ibrox was they were full of confidence and. This guy's taken to new levels. That changed uh, Sunday at five o'clock when reality struck. But even the narrative has changed with them. You know what I mean? The press all week were on overdrive, in my opinion. They were, they were trying their, their damnness to put doubts in the Celtic fans' heads. And the, the players weren't listening to it. And the players weren't buying it either. We don't need uh, gimmicks or uh, any outside noise to... to, to to get us up for a big match like that. We've got a manager who's fully focused and he's not up for that. They play the mind games. But one thing about Michael Beale, I think he's picked the wrong man if he's if he's wanting to play mind games because he has Poster Coglu. It doesn't strike me as a kind of guy that listens to background noise, unlike you, Stephen, who used to listen to Wayne's greeting all day, unfortunately. <laughs> it's all for the greater good, isn't it? Don't it we? is, but, it is I, that, buddy. I, I get I get what you're saying, like in terms of Michael Bale and stuff, and the, the hype, Tony. Obviously, we talk a lot about stats, but we'll kind of keep it to the hype and stuff at the minute. It was a bit mad. I said on the last podcast I was on, I've never seen such a push before to get a manager over by the mainstream media in Scotland, whether that's Rogers, Gerard. This, this push for Michael Bale has been extraordinary. The stuff, the headlines, as Mark said there, Ryan Kent's on new levels. Alfredo Morelos has lost nine stone. He's going to be fit and fire. And it's like, it's incredible, and when when you look back to last Sunday, there was pressure. Obviously, as a cup final, it's a one-off game. But as I said, the mark, I thought when I watched a bit of it back, it was like I was you were comfortable, Mark. I wasn't. I was shouting at the TV. I was going mental with my granda, like you always do. How did you feel in the game, Tony? And what was your overall opinion of it after when you take yourself away from the emotion side? Yeah, it's hard because, um, as Matt said. At the game, I was really confident that I wasn't worried. Eve, I'm usually one of the most pessimistic fans when it comes to, to these games. And even when Rangers scored, I wasn't like, or oh, I, I was, I was really confident, um, confident going in. I don't know if that's because 
I managed to get a few um, pints in the bowling club just before the game and uh, <laughs> calm my nerves. But um, no, I was confident all throughout. When I watched it back, there's all football's a game of small margins. So if Kent's post hit goes in and 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 like there's 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 small variances in a game that could go either way. But you've just got to believe, even if Kent's shot does go in, Celtic will just up the gear and then and mm. do it again. I think yeah. the space that um the, the, the midfield got I, I I was on Twitter saying that there's no way um Moy should play and in fact there's no way Moy's going to be playing. And I was just totally wrong because um Ange just says uh, here you go, Tony. Do you know what I mean? So totally wrong. <laughs> and I and to be fair to Moy, he played really well. Um and I'm I'm a fan, but I just think this game it needed a bit more legs and um but the space that Moy, Hatati and McGregor got um, was really surprising. Especially McGregor, because they usually man Mark McGregor, like Kent will drop back and stand stand on him. McGregor, the space McGregor got. Um, so I think even if these small margins went against us, um, our goals didn't go in or, or Kent hit post goes in, I still think we'd up the game. We looked comfortable. Yeah, I think we had gears to definitely go up. But I, I know what you're saying in terms of uh, the, the chances of Sakala, the man who was on a mission, Mark, to say that uh, they were the better team, we want to destroy them. I mean, he missed a, a gap bigger than his teeth and the, the one-on-one he had, basically, to tap it in to the net. He missed that. And Ryan Kent, he did hit the post, to be fair. But I think, regardless, I mean, to that, we were comfortable in the game. The midfield won the midfield battle. And my history with Moy, I think we all know who watched this show. I mean, I'm more critical of him than most. And I still stick by what I said in the early part of the season. But we will come on to him because he's been instrumental to what we've seen. We'll talk about Kugel, Mark, for a wee while here. And the whole scenario around Jack and Marcus leaving, and people were still calling for him if he was there to be involved. I know Russell Boyce, big advocate of chaos, Jack and Marcus, as he calls him. He said on our podcast on a comment that he would have still had him involved in some shape or form, maybe starting the game. But I think what I've seen with Kyogo since Jack Amakis has left, he's took that number one responsibility right on and he's, he's banging in the goals. He scored a double in both League Cup finals last year against Hibs, this year against Sevco, Rangers, Tesco, whoever. And for, he's a big game player. He's a talent. He's 28 years old. And it feels like to me, this guy, and, and I know he said in loads of interviews, people asking him about moves to the Bundesliga, move again, causing noise, but he literally shut it down. He's not interested. He wants to score 30 plus. And He's well on his way. He's vital to this team and how we play at the minute. I think his age might go in our favour, to be honest with you, because I think the only the only teams that would press a button on him are teams that may be desperate to maybe stay to stay away from relegation or something. And he's not going to he's not going to attain that. I think his age will maybe see us get two or three years out of him. That's my hope because he's a phenomenal player. On the Jackie Marcus stuff, I was a big advocate for Jackie Marcus. I thought he provided a different option for us. I think the better player is always going to be Kyogo. Uh, but he provides something, especially in the, the derby matches. I thought he was a big part of how we managed to win a few league games last season. And even this season, when Kyogo came off, I thought their centre-backs just can't handle him. And, and he occupies the centre-backs very well. You know, they, they don't tend to... Uh, the, the lines in the, in the, is maybe 15, 20 yards uh, further behind than it would be, I think, if he's playing, you know what I mean? And... Kyogo is a different kettle of fish to them. They're always scared he's going to run in behind, so they're, they're always a, they'll get their eye on him 24-7 when he's playing against him. But to be honest with you, I thought uh, in terms of the, the tactics uh, Rangers deployed against us, it was very much that we saw back under the Gerrard days, just 
play the ball to the wing and just hope for like, one of the crosses get in the back of the net. And yeah. the, the, the goal they go and the, the chance to have the post just it was just from that from that kind of tactic. Uh, I had to wide and see what happens. You know, and Celtic were well, the far better football team. And when I watched the game back, I've tried to watch the ninety minutes back. But I can't really see it anywhere. But when I've watched the highlights back. Uh, the chances we created, I mean, if we scored five goals, it wouldn't have been an injustice, you know. I mean, they, 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 yeah. Their one good chance was the the one at the side net. And, and, I, I, and I must admit, at the time, I thought Ryan Kent's shot was going in, just the TV angle. Um, I thought the ball was going in. But I, I, I see as much as I wasn't, I wasn't all that nervous, I still think that, see, if they had get a goal, another goal, you'd have up the gears. I thought they were in control the full match. And it's only for me to sit here and say six days later that it was all easy peasy. It wasn't it, but I feel like Celtic, uh, they let them off the hook. When we went 2-0 up, they got into the game. They had to push. They had to up their game. They had yeah. to make subs. I mean, that's, come on, they nail their choice. So they're going to get a, a wee 15-minute spell. We see after that 15-minute spell that they normally get, they just died down. They just diluted. Celtic just took control of the game. And uh, their subs bench, uh, they're starting 11 is why we won the match, but their subs bench was so important. I mean, when your manager's turning around, you've got guys like Haksabanovic and, and uh, even even backup players that we've got, they, they get any team in this league. They can't compete that. And, and I know it's like turned into a bit like Brewster's Millions now when it comes to Rangers. They're, they're claiming that they're skint and we've got all this money. If they think, and the fact that the narrative this week when I speak to Rangers fans, the first thing they say is, they have a go at the manager's team selection. If they think that the team selection was the reason why they lost that match, they're not paying attention. Celtic are just far better in every department, and uh, until they realise that, they're not going to get any better, and that's good for us. Yeah, on that team selection as well. To be fair, like I'm not giving them praise or anything, but I could see what he was trying to do because if you start Todd Cantwell or Raskin, they they won't offer anything defensively. So you had to start with Kamara and Lundstrom to kind of shore up that defensive unit, and probably he was going with that, Tony. But the stick with Kyogo, Michael Ross comes in. Kyogo has got better since the World Cup. Perhaps he's out to prove his international boss wrong. And I know they've just appointed Klinsman, Japan, as their new manager, so that could be interesting. Maybe more chances for him, knowing his knowledge in European football. But what have you made of Kyogo's form since the World Cup? Because for me, yeah, Jack and Magnus was a big loss, and it's quite unfortunate he still can't play for his new team because of a fees issue, which is yeah. that should have been all sorted out. But Kyogo's been on fire. Yeah, could you drop him for these games? I don't think so. He scored a double. He made it look easy. And he's just been in- instrumental to how we play, and especially the system. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, um, he's, he's really stepped up since the World Cup. And it was weird at the World Cup because when the, him and Hatati missed out, we were a bit as fans. What does that mean? Does that mean that they're going to be disappointed and feel they need to leave Celtic to get better in the spotlight? Or does it mean they need to up their game? Do you know what I mean? These things can go either way. So it looks like him and Hatati, both of them. I mean, Hatati's been brilliant all season. So has Kyogo. Mm. But yeah, both have sort of stepped up since since that World Cup. Um, it's like it gave them that wee kick, just that wee little bit of focus. I was I was disappointed to see Gigi go because um, I think he's an important player for his, his, his goals um, uh, per 90. For, for like even you're thinking he's coming on as a sub a lot of times and trying to get into the game and and goals per start so the games he started how many goals he scored but the percentage it was like far better than Kyogos as well but different games I get that but yeah mm-hmm. all looks to be a player that offers something different and maybe something better in the long term but if you're drawing nothing each tomorrow with 10 minutes to go 
would you rather have Gigi come on a row? You'd rather have Gigi because you're confident in getting that goal. Whereas if you're actually winning one nothing and, and St Myrna pushing a little bit, O's quite a good option because you can hold the ball up and he can help you sort of um, settle out the game. But um, I think I think this is something we need to get used to with Angie's teams that players are going to move on. JJ Jaranovic uh, has moved on. Uh, Jackie Marcus has moved on, and uh, other players will move on. But it's get, replacing them is the key, and when you mm-hmm. do that, um, uh, then uh, and I think all looks good so far. But yeah, my biggest worry was not so much with Cool go step up because you always knew there was more there. It was more it was, would he stay fit? Because if he did, if he wasn't fit, then you're you're relying on Meda or 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 O um, in that general position, and it's it's a, it's a big drop. Every other position in the pitch. Um, you could you could take the best player out and replace them with someone next, um, and I think that's the biggest drop. Is it is it um, Kyogo to the next player in that position? I think for me, like O does look decent. He's quick. He has a good touch on him. He can roll defenders, and I know when he came on against Raiders, or he had really nothing to do. He held the ball up a wee bit and kind of dragged others into play. I know he done one on Ben Davis with the elbow into the stomach. He needs to be careful with them types of challenges because we know our history and VAR in, in this league. But in terms of Kyogo, for me, Michael McDonald come in there. He has the perfect attitude for this system that Alan's Postacogli plays. And I totally agree. And Charles Smith, Japan must have some team to leave Kyogo and Atate out of their squad. 100% they're, they're dinner with talent. But to, to move on to the midfield line, Mark, Aaron Moy, one of my biggest bugbears this season, Kind of proved me wrong. L- literally has. I've, I've been eating humble pie ever since I said them words. But when he first came in, and go back to that St. Mirren game, when we got beat, he was dreadful. He was slow. He was passive. He didn't get on the ball. Maybe because Turnbull was playing beside him. That's a slow midfield to have. There's no kind of number eight in there to kind of win the ball back and pass it to him. But for me, Armoy, since that World Cup, again, we talk about the World Cup giving the players a boost. Kyogo's got it, even though he wasn't in the squad. Hatate. He's trying to prove himself to the, the, the new Japan boss, but Aaron Moy has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, he still looks slow and laboured. He still looks a bit like, do you know, if Robocop hips, I call him, because he can't turn, he can't swivel. <laughs> he, need, he, need, he needs to be facing where we're attacking to, to make a difference. But when he plays it, he was involved in both goals that were scored against him. Just the, that pass into Greg Taylor to, to open up the play for him to put the ball in. And then at the edge of the box when we scored a second one, they kind of played that. Was it the Cal McGregor? I think he played it to, and then McGregor played it on. But he's been incredible. And I think, what's your opinion on this O'Reilly debate as well? Because he's been on the bench. Do you know what I mean? And I know he, he scored a goal against Stabs at Mernon in the Cup. We were hoping that would give him a confidence boost. And like Tony, I thought he would have started for more legs, but Aaron Moy keeps proving us all wrong. I thought Moy was a perfect fit for that game. I'm sorry to disagree with you. I thought. We needed a bit of muscle in midfield as well. It's not always just about having the player who's maybe a bit more silky on the uh, easier on the eye or maybe a bit more silky. I think O'Reilly's form has been really, really bad since the World Cup uh, and Moy's form form has been improved. So you get the perfect combination of a guy's form going up and wanging dunes and you go to pick the, the player that's maybe having an impact and the impact that player's had uh, since he's been back for the World Cup has been up there with any player really in terms of impact since the World Cup. Um, I was very critical. He's he's signing. I thought it was a backward step for Celtic, and actually, actually, accused the manager of bringing him in to get him fit for the World Cup. I thought he was doing his whole part a favour. But they we we seen what Angie's plan was. I, I think he's a very he almost looks at a football pitch like he's playing chess at times. You know, he's 
he just kind of looks at the pitch and he, he's got his parochials and he'll just pick, pick a pass. It's never, an, he never really picks a simple pass. You know what I mean? He makes no. a pass look easy, but he, he, he's, every pass he makes seems to have like a purpose to it. You know what I mean? There's people that just regurgitate the ball and they'll have great stats at the end of the season. And like Starfield for Thompson has stats, his passing stats are amazing. But when you look, when the, the eye tells you that when he's on the ball, you're nervous for a reason. It's not just because he's, he's, his body shape or how he kicks the ball. But Moy, I, I really, he's a player, I think, for me, his first choice. I, I've been really frustrated with Matt O'Reilly, I must admit. He played great cover for uh, Alan, uh, Callum McGregor when McGregor was Alan McGregor, right? I'm about to say that. Thank <laughs> God I've got him. He's an old crackpot. Man. But do you know something, I think that, <laughs> I was a bit, I've, I've let my guard down there. No, um, I think he's, uh, his season I think if he was on loan I'll, I'll sum up like this I think if Matt Riley was on loan I, I wouldn't be pushing to sign him that's that's my opinion and he's got great stats I think he's still got the most goal assists this season for Celtic maybe in the entire league but the, some of these stats can be a bit you know like if I pass the ball to you 10 yards for goal and you do on 40 yards 50 yards and, and put one in the tap bag, Stephen, I, I get the assist for that, you know what I mean? Or if, I, if I'm taking corners or whatever, I'm getting the assist for that. And some of these stats can be padded with that. I think your eyes is the biggest, the, the biggest gauge on a football player's ability is, is just your eyes, mate, you know what I mean? I think to a lot of, I'm, I'm a bit of a starter myself, I like to look at things like that. But to be quite honest with you, I think when it comes to the impact on the team just now, I'd, much, I'd rather have Aaron Moy on form than... Matt O'Reilly, who's kind of looking a bit stale. Uh, how are you doing? What a shift, Chris. Aye, good. Uh, but I, I, for me, it's more than me. Um, that's what I think. Well, I'll tell you what, if you pass the ball to me 10 yards and I ran 40 yards and put one in the top bin, I'm getting the ball in door for that. Never mind your mm-hmm. assist. That would be some going for me. Like, I can already run five feet. Could you do that, Stephen? So- could you do that? I could do it. <clears throat> would it please have you, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Run 40 yards, really run the length of this house, never mind. Mm-hmm. Out of breath. But but coming to yourself, uh, Tony, and I know you like stats and, and, and stuff, right. and we all like stats, to be fair. Yeah. But uh, in, in regards to the, the whole debate with Moyne already, it's interesting because already did fantastically well to cover McGregor at the number six position. I think we were on around about that time it happened, <laughs> and we were discussing it and seeing what his stats were that, at that point in time. Seems like to me, maybe has the World Cup took him by surprise that he wasn't in the Denmark squad. I don't think he really should have been expecting it. And even at that, he should have probably kicked on again like the other players in terms of attitude. But Mark made an interesting point. If we had him on loan, he wouldn't be pushing to sign him. I find that quite interesting because when he came in last season, he was on fire. And yeah. he still has possibly the highest assist in the league for, for Celtic anyway. What, what's your take on this Moy and O'Reilly debate at the minute, Tony? Yeah, so... Um, I, I, I think it goes back to who's playing alongside them, as you talked about. So um, I, I'm getting criticised for saying Moy shouldn't have played last week. Yeah, I was criticised back at the last man game and I was saying everybody was over the top with the criticism of Moy. So I'm disagreeing with people about it at different times. I was backing <laughs> Moy up at the start. But the reason I said that at, at, at the last man game in September that people were um, overcritical of Moy, they were looking at his performances at that time and all his minutes were playing alongside Turnbull. They had, he had no minutes alongside Hatati and, and, and O'Reilly to that, to that extent. And if you're, if you're more, you've got loads of ability, but you've maybe got a weakness, maybe your pace and your, your mobility. So Turnbull's not going to support you in that. 
Whereas in the now, he's playing alongside Hatati, and Hatati's like the best player you could ever ask for if you want if your weakness is a little bit of mobility and speed. Um, mm. uh, so Moy's getting all the time in the boy because of um, what Hatati can bring to that. So I think that's helped. That's helping uh, O'Reilly, uh, helping Moy with regards to O'Reilly. Um, I don't think this is the, the World Cup. I think it's since he went to the number six role. Since he mm. came back to the number six role, he's mm-hmm. not been the same player. So I don't, I don't know why that that's affected him. But it seems when he went back to that number six role, he's came back. He's not been the same player. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why. Um, to Mark's point about stats, yeah, he's got the most assists at nine. But 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 a better measure, as you say, is um, expected assists because that'll that'll measure what, what was the chance of scoring when you, you gave the assist. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The, the xG. Mm-hmm. And he's about fourteenth for that sort of thing. So um, on X, oh, very interesting, actually. Aye. Expected assists per ninety. Do you know what I mean? So no. last season he was up the top for expected assists sort of thing. So that does show the the decline year on year. Yeah, I mean Tony, I don't know if you noticed, but your camera's uh, sticking a wee bit. Just letting you know, just in just in case your camera's going a wee bit haywire. But right. to be fair, like that, that's interesting about O'Reilly being fourteenth for expected assist mark in, in terms of what you see and. Moy for me has made that big difference trying to like penetrate, penetrate the final third. No, I don't want to say that ever again. But do you know what I mean? Getting them final <laughs> goal scoring positions and uh, provide assists and getting the box and score himself. Now before we move on to the midfield, I want to bring up Plunge McNugget. Awada looked good when he came on. I totally agree. For me, when he came on, he covered the ground really, really well. I remember one of the Japanese uh, journalists saying he's a tate, but not the ability in terms of getting the ball, receiving it, and taking players on, but the, his engine, his speed, his awareness, and I just thought he made the game simple when he came on. I think that's the best we've seen of him so far in the Celtic shirt. Ah, yeah, I thought he looked great when he came on. I was quite excited when I... Because it just shows you the trust he's got in him, that he flung him on a big match like that. The game wasn't won in terms of the scoreline, so it's a lot of faith in the guy. He's not a lot of minutes, but I was quite impressed with him, and uh, I think he's got to be a good player for Celtic. I, I think all the players that Ange has brought in, like, they're very identical to what his philosophy is in football. I mean, I remember when he just we just brought uh, Kyogo over and he went, he ticks all the boxes. I think this guy is going to be one of the kind of players that you go, he just typifies the Ange Postecoglou's football. And uh, I like what they like him. And Big O is the same. He, he, they'll take a lot of confidence, these boys. They know they're a lot of minutes, but when the manager's trusting you to bring on, bring on a, a marquee match like that against Rangers, when the game's no one technically, uh, shows that they've got a, a future, uh, not a future, they've got a, a fighting chance of getting some good minutes uh, between now and the end of the season. Yeah, 100%. You saw it, Tony? I came on my phone. There's a big echo if you still got the other one on. Hold on. Is that better now? Yeah, that's better. But yeah, uh, yeah Mark, I, to- I totally agree in, in terms of what you were saying there in regards to Iwata. And what, what, one interesting thing to me is it could provide a rest for Cal McGregor going forward too. Do you know what I mean? You can interplay them in them positions. And we've seen McGregor move up one when Iwata come on. So that was interesting to see. He was still on the pitch and proving the influence. And coming to yourself, Tony, what, what's been your impression of Iwata so far? There's a lot of love for him in, in, in the Celtic support at the minute. Come in with a big big name in Asia, obviously. J-League Player of the Year, MVP of the Year, Team of the Year. On loan with an obligation to buy. Are you excited by him so yeah, far? Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, um, definitely. I think um, so. A couple of things uh, with regards to that. I think one is um, 
I thought at, at the right top level, I'm not sure if McGregor's good enough defensively. Like I'm talking about European level. Is it, McGregor's great at, at, at that number six level of controlling the game and passing the game and um, and uh, all the things that you want to uh, associate with that part of the number six role. But defensively and breaking up attacks and, and transitions, etc., I'm not 100%. Although I'm, I'm seeing him continually improve and improve, especially when you're watching him against Rangers, the defensive side of the game, McGregor's getting better. Um, so a lot, I think, um, uh, puts an improvement on that. So that means that in European games, a lot could come in there and McGregor go slightly forward. The other thing is you need as well. Uh, you need you need more than one player in that position because you mm-hmm. can't just like what McGregor gets injured or you need to rest them etc so um so one is yeah it's slightly improve on the defensive side of it um and utilize McGregor for the forward but the second is being able to rest McGregor or replace him if he gets injured and I think I think he definitely uh, he's definitely going to have a, a part to play when Angie's talking about him he talks about him sort of very highly you can tell that this is a guy who's going to have um, a huge impact if if uh, if he doesn't start this time next year you might be starting quite a lot more. Um, it'll definitely be involved um, every other game or as a sub. Yeah, I totally agree. And Brown Warrior comes in. I think we're looking at a different setup in midfield with Awada McGregor moving to a double pivot and behind a 10 in Europe, a wee glimpse into the future. Very well could be. I mean, Postacoglu spoke about it. I think he spoke about it at the start of January, he said he wants to try different formations. He wants to look at different things going forward. So that could be a possibility. Uh, Plums McNugget, the night at Moy proved you that wrong. He needed to get fit to show his quality, 100%. John Duncan, giving you praise, Mark. You're on every podcast available. What a guy, what a shift. <laughs> oh, um, I was, mate. <laughs> John Duncan again, have you seen Barkas? He's an amazing goalkeeper. I'm hoping he comes back to Celtic and proves us all wrong. He's smashing it now. Great statistics. I w- to talk about that for a minute, right? This might be a wasted kind of a five minutes or so, but it, it interests me. Barkas came in with great pedigree from AEK Athens. He played against us in the qualifiers, Mark. He looked, Tony's laughing already, but we'll come to you, Tony. <laughs> he, he played, he had a decent defence ahead of him. Then he's away to Utrecht. I know they got beat there by a semi-professional team, 4-1, and he was in goal, so that doesn't look good. Mm. But w- would you give him one more chance, or would you just be like, right, you <laughs> get your ticket ready, you're away? No, I'd probably phone passport control and say he's got uh, some suspicious stuff in his bags. I mean, like back in the country. <laughs> I mean, there's like the, the Glasgow coat of arms is like the fish that can't sing, the bell that can't ring. He's a goalie that can't save a, save a shot. It, I, I think he's torture. I see some of the times that I've looked back very rarely in some of the goals we lost for last season. You'll see, for two years ago, you see a clip and you go, he is going to be one of the worst keepers I've ever seen. It's like, honestly, and Sometimes it just doesn't work for you. There's probably a keeper in there. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure you don't get a £5 million move for one European team to another, uh, unless there's something there. But just know for me, mate, I think I, I'm a, I love Joe Hart. I mean, there's probably calls for this probably to be Hart's last season as number yep, one. That, I mean. that, might, I might, that might progress that way, mate. It probably, it probably is looking that way. I love Joe Hart. I'd love to see him get another season. But Form dictates that, mate. To be honest with you, I don't fall in love with players and don't want them to leave. If they're not, if they're not doing it, then they're not doing it. Although most of the complaints I'm hearing about Joe Hart is about the ball at his feet. No too many complaints about his shot stopping. Or okay, I, I think he has to come out and start catching the ball. Yeah, but, command in his area. Yeah, but I, I would rather give Connor Hazard minutes before I give uh, Barkas because 
Connor Hazard, all right, we're not invested in Connor Hazard as much as Barkas, but I think if we're going to make a return on somebody, it'll be Connor Hazard longer term than Barkas. I think if you sell Barkas and Mora, you're going to get a million. Well, whereas we can spend less money just now, give Connor Hazard a tutorship under Joe Hart, an England internationalist, and, and see where he goes. But Barkas, nah, nah, mate, he's the goalie with me Hans, in my opinion. You're bargain mad, Mark. You're bargain mad, always. But I, I <laughs> think, like, <laughs> in terms of uh, Barkas myself, I mean, me and Franny on this podcast, we we tried so hard to pump that train and keep it going and keep it going. But again, you have to eventually let things go. It became like a gimmick in the end. Tony trying to say he was he was still cut the mustard at the Sadly Football Club, but Joe Hart as well. I mean, you made the point there, Mark. The shot stopping is great. There's no complaints for me about that. But commanding his area. Losing concentration on occasions really boils my boils my box. Like, do you know what I mean? He, he should be mm-hmm. switched on 100%. Passing the ball to players in the opposition team, that, that's shambolic. If he, if the pass isn't on, you kick along, simple. But, Tony, coming to yourself, you, you were laughing there. Barkas, back at Southie Football Club. I mean, for the stats, I don't know. Some of the stats looked okay, but where do you think that one's going to go? Do you think that's a, a bye-bye like Mark? So Mark says that he's going to phone Passport Control. I'll probably go a step further. I'm going to go over there and meet Barkas and say, can you put that in your bag for me and take it over? No, absolutely no chance. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting because when you, and it is a stats thing, I think, because there's... Uh, like, so when you look at uh, when you look at other aspects of goalkeeping, which you do in the modern game, and and it starts 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 red, starts led. Sorry, you need to look at things like coming for crosses. You need to keep, look at things like coming off your line. You need to look at um your ability to play football and things like that. All important things that we want in our next keeper. And actually, in these stats, Barkas is really top draw. And, and 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 like he's he's coming for crosses and all the, the sort of modern day stats of a goalkeeper. And see if he was just average for some of the the other ones. If he was just average at stop shopping, short stopping, average at his his positioning or his diving, etc. You'd maybe be saying that there's maybe a keeper in there worth sort of looking at because he's so good at the other aspects. But see, as Mark says, see when you're the worst in the world at short stopping. Then just, it doesn't matter how good you are, you, it, could, it could be like Messi. You'd as well just put Messi in the goals and say, saying, well, at least he's good for the, playing the ball out for the back. But um, his he's, um, he's, he's shot stop is the worst we've ever seen. He's never, he's never had a save. Um, I, think, I, think, I think he registered a save at St Johnston when we, he came in, I think, mm-hmm. Back um, a heart and Bain had got COVID, and it was the, the last game just before the break. And remember Joey Dawson, and that's playing. Barkas came came in, and he registered a save in that game. And I think that's the first save he's ever done in his Celtic <laughs> career. Um, so uh, um, he's he's short stopping horrendous. He's positioning horrendous because mm. people were like, "Oh, what was he meant to do with that?" But the, thing that really, really frustrated me at Barkas time, you could tell early doors he wasn't a keeper and people were saying, well, what's he meant to do with that? That that, that, that shot was in the corner. What's he meant to do with that? He, he couldn't do it. If you wanted a keeper who you couldn't blame for the shots and the shots went in the net and just never made a mistake, you could get somebody for the 100 grand for the for the championship or League One. 
you, the reason that you're, you're paid £5 million is you're meant to save shots that you're not meant to save. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I remember the, the, the game against Rangers, the October one, the COVID one, and um, Golson's goals. And like the first goal, we just didn't even dive. I mean, like, it, and even when he did dive, he was diving like floating like Ian Wright's goal celebrations. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't a, like, a proper dive. Um, so he's 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 short stopping his dives. He's positioning just um, all horrendous. So no, not not at all. But again, it's interesting because when you say it's about stats and modern day um, uh, analytics, a lot of the, a lot of the modern day stuff and the new stuff and the new things that you want, he was really good at them. I, I looked at see, see a lot of people would say that he was great for AK Athens against us and he was, he was great there. so I actually went back and watched a lot of videos during that time when he was with us I was like what was he really like and I watched a lot of videos because sometimes you can be sold on YouTube videos and I watched the videos and he was, he was good in them but what I noticed in them was it wasn't a conventional um, goalkeeper so he was making a great save but he was going with the wrong hand do you know what I mean? Or his positioning was wrong, but he was making a great save. So as much as he was good in the clips, you could tell it wasn't a, a a traditional goalkeeper. And in fact, I think it came out that he was a left back before. So um, he he just wasn't somebody who's been trained. Yeah, he was a left back. Is <laughs> it? No way. I he, he said as he played and training for Greece as a left back, and that was his favourite position. So like what House Boy said there, like you kind of know. And when your yeah. goalkeeper is a five million pound, like you said, Tony says that. Well, maybe he does. Maybe not playing that anymore in your life. But yeah, it's interesting when you bring that up. There's a lot of people saying about Joe Hart as well. Merle Watt come in there, Hart ducking shots, especially in European football. Totally agree. Um, Michael Ross will Barky be playing footy at Parkers next year. Chaps, they all have names for Parkhead is mental. But it, <laughs> it, it brings up it brings up an interesting debate. I think the majority of fans would say. I'm not speaking for everybody like this, in my opinion, that Barcast would probably not be at Celtic. For me, I still hold a wee glimmer of hope. I think he can pull off an underdog story here. I really do. Maybe he comes back and he flies back as number one. And you know, you never know. Happy endings and all that. But we'll, we'll kind of we'll move on. Not the end type of happy endings, Mark. Stop laughing. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll move on to Alistair Johnson, who replaced your favourite right back in the world, JJ, Josip Juranovic, Mark. Who's went to Union Berlin? He came out this this week, funny enough, with some interesting comments saying he was surprised Celtic didn't try hard enough to keep him. He keeps in contact with people and all that type of stuff. And he was informed that Alzer Johnson signed before their game, I believe, against him at, at that time. And he was asked his opinion and stuff. He didn't know what was going on. He he didn't want to play, in his words, in a, in a rotational type team. He wanted to be first choice, so that was his reason for leaving. But we, we all kind of probably know the reason why they have money calls. That you know what I'm saying. And for me, Alistair Johnson's come in. He's proved an able deputy. And what, what the question I want to ask both of you, but I want to start with you, Mark. Is he the horrible bastard that Celtic need? Because he gets in some wrangles, like, and especially that game against Rangers, he, he didn't let nothing past him. He, he flipped Barsis to one side, Tillman to one side, squaring up the people, just getting in their faces. And there's been a lot of people calling for that at Celtic again. Are we getting it with him, do you think? Aye, and he's getting a mixture of that kind of uh, brutality, but he's also got the ability as well. Rangers kind of tend to go for like brutality and just leave it there. So we've got a player who's can uh, can mix it up. He's he's a he's a great player. I, I really like the guy. I thought when I, his first couple of games, I, I, I thought right, I've saw enough to suggest that you're going to be the long term right back for Celtic. But I've saw also saw enough that I want to see Ralston get game time. Mm-hmm. And I, and I stand by that. I think there will there will be occasions that Ralston should be getting minutes because he's. 
he's a top performer as well, you know what I mean? And Juranovic's part, that's just be part and shots. I think he had a wee dig at the Celtic, no way to keep him. He left for money. He checked during the summertime. All these things that you're talking about there, the, the Johnson scenario and his minutes getting uh, took off him and things like that. That wasn't the case in the summertime. And he came yeah. back and he's in his his game wasn't the same. I thought he was overrated to the highest degree I've ever seen a select player, to be honest with you. I thought he was very bang average, but that's another story. Um <laughs> uh, in terms of Johnson, we need that kind of player because we've got Kyogo and Hatati who are picking players up and, and they're braiding their hair and they're giving them wee cuddles and kisses. I don't want to see that in these kind of big matches. I want to see Celtic fight fire with fire. I mean, I want somebody to walk by a player when they're on the deck and look down at them, like Kieran Tierney, you know what I mean? Somebody who's, as I say, you've got to have the ability to match it, of course. No point just having that brutality and arrogance and not having the football ability. Mm. We could join Lundstrom. That's what happens when you get somebody who can stare at somebody. But the stars of people. The stars of people. Good, and just some, yeah. some of these best clips that you've seen in the Rangers perspective has been matches that he's lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they take wee small modicums of comfort out of that. Let them do it. That's, that's why they're zombies, you know what I mean? They're, I know they're living uh, where the rest is. But no, I, I, I love watching the boy, mate. And uh, do you know something? It's very early in his Celtic career and you never know how these things are going, but it looks to me as if he's a, he's a leader, you know what I mean? There's, there's a captain in there, there's somebody who you could... I, I rely on him, certainly. See, now he's one of the first names on the team sheet, and, and that, that might change, you know, because I think, I think Ralston might get game time tomorrow, and and rightly so, but I think the, the guys just get... You know, in, he's positional. He's, for me, one of his biggest strengths is his positional awareness. Yep, yep. He's, not getting, he's not getting caught out the way that Croatian player did, and, and just see... <laughs> Have had this good blend of being aggressive, but he's not overlapping and things like that. And when we've got, I thought it was a knife he had this one there. What is that? It was a pen. I, I thought he was <laughs> well done there for a minute. Why is that terrible? <laughs> but, um, he's a different player for Greg Taylor. Two totally different fullbacks in the one system that work perfectly, you know what I mean? And I think if he loses a ball in midfield, he's always an eye shot. He's always there, yeah. and we didn't have that last season with Juranovic, and I hate to keep going back to it. Some of the goals we lost in the Champions League this season, just with his presence alone, I don't think we would have lost him if we had Alan Johnson. Eh, what's his name again? Alistair Johnson. Alistair Johnson. Oh, God. That's that knife. That's put me off. Put that away. Put that away. Get her knife away, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but say to be fair with you, like Alan... Yeah, I know, I know. Another thing we have to understand about Alistair Johnson as well, like he can play as a centre back and he can play as part of a free. So there's there's rotation, there's different formations that Postal Cog to could try out during the game. Before I come to yourself, Tony, I just want to come to the comments. John Duncan said AJ is a solid machine, puts it about like Carter Vickers, and though seems like he will stick to the defence. Ralston needs more game time, like you said, Mark. Uh, Michael McDonald comes in. Jesus, I forgot about Ralston, what a squad we have. Mr. Freeland. Johnson is class on and off the pitch. I can see him scoring a lot from right back with the positions he finds himself in. And it's interesting. There's a few guys in my podcast who say he maybe doesn't have the same football ability, Tony, going forward as Juranovic. But I think, when, see the passes he was making against Rangers and over the top passes outside the foot. I think he set up, was it um, O'Reilly and no, Haksabanovic for that run? Like, the, like a mazy pass. And do, do you know what I mean? He can find the ball, like, and he's very athletic. He, he doesn't take no shit. And as Mark said, I totally agree with him. Maybe a bit early to say it, but again, captain material, he looks like it. He looks like he's already bought into the ethos of the club. 
and I didn't really know until recently that his mum is actually from where I'm from, which is quite interesting. So he qualifies if he wanted to play for North Ireland, but obviously he's Canadian international. But what, what's your opinion of him so far, Tony? Yeah, no, I've been very impressed. He's, he's an excellent, uh, excellent addition to the squad. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I get Mark's point about uh, Juranovic. I think if you look at Juranovic at his best, i.e., last season, then it is a, a step step down, um, and it's a as a detriment to the first team um, because Juranovic at his best was top quality, and what Juranovic offered you was. Um, it was probably more about going forward, and it wasn't necessarily crosses like Ralston can do or um, or things like that. It was more like the way Celtic play with the inverted fullbacks, and it was the ability to a put his foot on the ball, not be panicked. So, like a midfielder, you just put your foot on the ball, not be panicked, and that can help Celtic um, the way they build up the game. But the other thing is when we want to do the game um, uh, quick. Um, Juranovic can do the passes quick time, so he's comfortable on the ball and he can do a quick one-touch pass. I think when it comes to Johnston, he's not as good. It was that like putting a foot in the ball or a quick one-touch pass? Although he is comfortable on the ball, but not the same level as Juranovic. However, if you look at the other side of the, 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 the game for a, a fullback, the defensive side, I think Johnston is night and day compared to Juranovic mm-hmm. when it comes to the defensive mm-hmm. aspects of, 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 of the game. And that mm-hmm. might help us when it comes to Europe. Do you know what I mean? Because Europe, um, ideally, yeah, you want to take the game to teams and you want to have a right back that can put his foot in the ball like Juranovic, but I think we need to sort of walk before we can run, so I think just actually getting getting it defensively right and I think um, Johnson, but as much as I thought it was a step down in the fact you've lost a top player from last season one, Juranovic wasn't playing like that this season, and two, you have to move players on anyway, and the thing about that is as much as it was a step down Johnson's a lot younger so by the time Johnson's Juranovic age, it could be far better than Juranovic. Um, so so you've got him um, younger, you've got um, a, the time to work with him. So not a problem with, with the overall sort of deal, get, letting go a good player, realising that you're maybe a bit worse off, but you're getting somebody for the future and actually somebody could potentially be better and you've made money on the, on the deal as well. Um, but yeah, off the sort of part stuff like the captain material they did get absolutely I'm one that I always did like Mark one sort of games against Rangers this day the team who were up for it the most and who weren't Mm -hmm. intimidated seemed to win it but I actually think Keogh and Hatati have got it in their own way so it's like so yeah if if the Rangers centre halves are up against the Hearts and Hartson's giving them a back but Kyogo does it in his own way because they, they, they're they like, right, Kyogo's Celtic's danger, man. We're going to bring you down. We're going to elbow you. We're going to get in your face. And Kyogo just gets an elbow and goes, up you get, thanks. Yeah, no worry. Bang in the net. Right, okay. Thanks, bang. And I think that's the best way to shut them up, just to say, oh, thanks. Yeah, sorry. So, sorry for hitting your elbow with my head. Sorry. And then just keep doing it because it's like, it doesn't, it's, it's, if you're a centre half, and you're getting hearts and elbow you back, and you're like, you, you know, you're in a fight, and you're 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 bringing a bit of variance to the game, especially when Celtic are a far better team. When Celtic are a far better team, they more they want the game to be a bit more physical, and if and if Celtic, if Kyogo could just say, yeah, thanks, and just keep going on with it, then But to Mark's point, yeah, yeah, you don't want that in the whole team, and you need a little bit of sort of steel in there, and Johnson definitely brings that, and just not just like physically, also mentally as well. I think he, he he's uh, the guys. The guy's uh, a winner and uh, he's bought into the whole sort of Celtic um, philosophy and story, do you know what I mean, as well. So, no, I'm really happy with him. 
I mean, if you play ice hockey, do you know I mean you're going to be a hard nut? Like you don't want to get stuck in the people. Yeah. But I, w- I want to come to some things I've got wrong here. Anzano came in. Klinsman is managed in South Korea now, not Japan. My bad. Do apologize about that. I said Japan, but he's the manager of South Korea. Even more exposure for O. So it kind of falls into the whole thing I was saying. You probably get more chances, especially with Klinsman's knowledge of European football. But you talked about future, Tony. Let's get stuck into one man's future, Mark. Posta Coglu came out. Very unlike him. I thought he kind of addressed his future. He never really does. But he said that basically I'll paraphrase one line because I can't remember it all. You'll be surprised how long I'm here. And he also referenced the media being like, you should be the first ones to call me out for not moving and not showing enough ambition, which is true. They probably will. I've got different feelings on what he was saying, but I'll let you fire on first. Do you think that's him committing his future? Or do you think he's kind of trying to quieten down the noise around his future? As he's, as he's tried to, he's just trying to quiet it, didn't he? And I think that's why he didn't do the press conference a few weeks ago. I thought he was just kind of trying to bat it off. The, 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 his statement saying that you'd be surprised, that's very un, uncommittal as well. You know what I mean? It's very vague. You know, I mean, who's to say what surprises folks? So, listen, he's, he's, he's an I'm surprised. Of course, the thing is, he's a Celtic till he gets the right offer. and it's the same way any player, any, but I don't care and tear if I talk to kiss the badge and he's got his red microphone and loving life. The minute that they got offered that crazy money, they're away. And, and do you know what? We, our place in, in, in the football world isn't where it should be because of the country we're in, but mm-hmm. we've accepted that players come and go. And uh, we've, we've, we've been around for 130 years. We've only ever lost one manager uh, mid-season to somebody. So, that just shows you that Celtic don't habitually lose managers to other teams, but it, it does happen. I mean, and Brendan Rodgers went at midnight, and we all know why he went, and it's for money, but to be honest with you, any football player plays for money, because if he didn't play for money, you would have Haaland would play for his local team. He would have stayed at Dortmund, he would have stayed, he wouldn't go because he was offered to him off the ground, and uh, money dictates uh, your life as well. He's got a, His family's pretty young as well, and I'm pretty sure he's a rich man, but He's, don't forget, up until recently, wasn't he on the big box? I mean, I'm sure he was on very good money in, uh, in Japan, more than we'll ever make, but at Celtic, he'll maybe be on about a million a season, plus bonuses, whatever that is. In England, you can get five million pounds, and, and that's, a, that's a, a Crystal Palace. I mean, the guy who left Brighton to go to Chelsea, he was on 190 grand a week at Brighton. 190 that's grand. That's, that's 5.2 million a season, or 5.1 million a season. That's the kind of money these Diddy clubs can offer. So, when I, when I, I think even if, for me, my priority for, for in terms of Ange is we should be picking his brains. We should be trying to learn for this guy because if he goes, I think the structure just now is so identical to his plans that another manager with a different philosophy would maybe struggle with this team to get the same tune out of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, for me, my priority is to Tie him down if you can on a five-year contract, four-year contract. But all that does is gives you financial muscle when, when you do lose the, a manager. When we lost Brendan Rodgers, we, we get nine million pounds, Stephen. See, so we had the financial muscle at that time to go and say to Arafa Benitez, "There's a three million pound a year three-year contract." You know, I mean, without spending money that wasn't given to us, he could have brought in backroom staff for another two, three million pound. We could have upped our level, upped our game, but we chose the cheap option. So I'm hoping Celtic have learned for that a wee bit. And should the 
he leaves Celtic, it'll be because Celtic are successful. And that's a good thing for us as fans. But in terms of the club and then the next step, the succession plan, uh, him, getting, him getting a longer term contract is needed. But what I'll say this, this thing very quickly, it's probably a good thing for us that Ange isn't tied into a contract. And I'll tell you why. The board have got a fear he can go any minute. As soon as you sign that four or five year contract, they might loosen. They might they might start tightening the purse strings and start to loosen uh, you know, some of their old habits, you know what I mean? Of no back the manager and fact when there's always that we shed a we shred a doubt over his his commitment, the, the, the board will probably need to dance to his tune a wee bit. So a four or five year contract is good for the club financially, should the worst happen. The way he's working just now is fine for me mm-hmm. because the big box came in for him, Stephen. Whether he's got a five-year contract or no, he's still away. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the succession plan for me is, I think, we should be getting looked at constantly anyway. Well, we don't want to go back to Peter Dowell's drawer again with five names in it that he always used well, to speak about. I mean, he's... <laughs> no, 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 it shouldn't be yeah. any other job. Knowing the city, I know he was trying to say he knows the culture, he knows the way this this city works. But nah, mate. But just to quickly finish a point, I think my, um, I think um, his words are interesting for a Celtic fan. They've came just after I feel euphoric about the cup, but they are only words, Stephen. And I think the the fact of the matter is the offer comes in. It's all about Celtic's next move. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Tony, I can see you're in the studio, buddy, but it's not letting me add you back in. Put your camera on and see if that makes a difference. It's, just, it's giving me the option to kick you, but I don't want to do that. But in terms of um, the, the management situation, I mean, I get a lot of heat for it myself because I'm the first one to speak about it. I think words sometimes, sometimes people say things that you you want to hear. Just mm-hmm. as, as, I, as you, we both said, they're the quieting down the noise around the future. He did say a lot during that, that, that press conference or the interview that he'd done. Things change very quickly. Do you know what I mean? So he's caveating yeah. everything he says with the change and what could happen further down the line. Football is not always normal, not always straightforward. And there's a lot of people in the comments saying that they have a feeling he's going to be a long term manager. There's nothing more in this world that I would want. Yeah. And 100%. Post the for me to stay as a lifer. Obviously, if things don't go to shit. But the, the, the way that I look at this, as you said, is succession planning. Like we see managers now. You see the likes of Thomas Tuchel can't survive more than a year in a job. You see, different types of managers who leave after two, three, four years. So, I mean, there's a shelf life. We all know there is. And mm-hmm. unless Posta Coglu is going to move upstairs to like a director of football t- type position, then you, I can't really see him staying for five to ten years. I just don't think that is possible. Tony's back in now. But, yeah, and, and Sean is right in the middle of his face. I will change that for you now. But <laughs> um, the way the way I'm looking at it is <clears throat> it's trying to be realistic, but also not to be brass and say that, it's going to happen because you don't want to be one of them but guys oh I was saying this before so I mean I know I joke about it with the Eddie Howe thing which it did get right by the way very early on that he wouldn't be Celtic manager but Tony come into yourself yeah come come into yourself the the Alan's Postacoldu thing we all love him I mean for a manager to make this impact in 20 months or so coming up the the two years since he's been there it's been incredible I mean he's probably made even even the bigger impact than Rogers. same level as O'Neill and I know he keeps putting that down, saying he's never going to be, be on the same level as them guys. But he is the us. We, we hold him high up. Is it a concern of you that he might leave soon or he might have a shelf life at Celtic? 
Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, sorry for coming off the phone there. My, my, my phone actually overheated. Can you believe it? In March, the phone overheated. The sun was just coming out there. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, and that's the thing as well. So, like we're talking about Juranovic leaving, and 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 we talk about key players leaving. Um, but nobody's really worried. That, but everybody is worried about when when Ange leaves. But the one thing we know, he is going to leave. It's going to be a time. And for me, my my personal hope is is um, that when he leaves, it's not that's not a bad taste because um, when. Um, when 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 we were linked to be a manager when it was at Rogers time and I, I for 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 weeks maybe not maybe if it was months I was wanting Rogers I was speaking to a few people I know and I was like I want it to be Rogers and and when it was Rogers it was brilliant and then what he brought so to look back on Brendan Rogers as a manager with Celtic and a lot of people have that sort of hatred towards him and call him the rat etc I think it's 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 disappointing to see so mm-hmm. I would hate to see. In the future, that we talk about Ange in the same the same way, that same way. Do you know what I mean? It'll be it's hard to, to even imagine that, but it would have been hard to imagine Rogers when we were doing the Rogers area in the middle of it. So I hope that the I hope I hope the exit strategy um is a good one, and the fans can just remember him um in a good way. Um, and I think Ange is a smart enough to have a, a good exit strategy. And B, I think he also has that integrity as well that he, he'll not want to um, to leave at the, the wrong time. I think, um, but when is the right time? Is it is it is it mentioned it in advance? That's never worked before because you could be people, managers, players of known managers are leaving. The, the, the intensity and the play is not there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So there's a risk to that. So yeah, so you leave, um, but we may not perform. So I don't know um, how that's going to unfold. But yeah, it'll be it'll be a disappointing time, and that's. And we need to be thinking now who's going to replace them, and um, what does that look like? Um, and, and keep the, the the thing about Ansto, he's such a good manager. Even when he has left, I think we'll still be the dominant force and still be doing well and still be progressing well because of his legacy. Do you know what I mean? He'll he'll have left something that that we can build from. Um, so the the new manager just comes and and, and put their own stamp on it, but they don't need to rip it up and start again. Yeah, um, I mean, go ahead for it. No, no, sorry. Yeah, so I think it's, I think it's a, an intriguing point. But, but going with these comments, I think the way these comments were, um, they might be a little bit off getting the fans ready for that time. But the way these comments were, I don't think it will be this summer. Just the way yeah, he's talking, just a bit talking. So I think we've got at least another season from him. Yeah, that's my kind of thinking of it. And Michael McDonald says here, would Anz be tempted by money and how can we make him stay? I don't know if Anz is motivated by it, but Mark, you rightly said, his family's young. He's been in Japan. He's been in Australia. He's been in Greece. He's been in Scotland. Who's to say he doesn't want to try another country? He seems like that type of manager who likes to go, lay down a bit of roots, and then move on again. And if we stick to the plan, as you said there, Tony, if we have managers, just for example, he lays down this philosophy from the academy up, and the remit now for Celtic going forward is to stick to that. I'd be happy with that because you know you're going to get a certain type of manager through the door. Like I know people are going off here, but before he went to Leeds, Jesse Marsh was a good manager. Marco Rose is a good manager. Them guys, to me, are, are off the same mould as Pasta Coldney in terms of formations, how they like to play, press and intensity. So if you stick to that kind of remit, then I have no kind of qualms going forward. But I, I love a long-term contract. But as you said, Mark, there's, there, there, there's different caveats in that. A big thing wherever could buy that out for peanuts and he'd be away anyway but yeah we'll move on and we'll talk about St Mirren and that defeat 
And just a wee bit about how far we've come since then. I mean, that 2-0 defeat was shambolic, wasn't it? Our only kind of blemish this season at them is at Paisley. And it's you look at the lineup, look at it here. Welsh and Jens were playing. Ralston with them right back. Jens has left the club. Welsh has been nowhere to be seen. Moy was in that game. And ever since that, we've been on a, a roller coaster of just get up the way. And it's been incredible. Like the, the mental attitude that it's took for that team to kick on from that and just reel away with this league, isn't it? It was a so want to take it at the time, mate. But I think if you actually, at the end of the season, you look back on it, you probably see that the players probably needed that wee kick up the arse. Sometimes mm. we, were, we were getting a wee low before that. And sometimes it's good to get a wee reminder that you're in a, in a fight sometimes. And it was very an un-Celtic performance, you know what I mean? It looked like Neil Lennon Celtic. That, that day was just a, a bad day. I think that day was a mixture of too many changes and too many players having a bad day at, at the same time. And uh, and Ange probably doesn't is the kind of guy that repeats the kind of mistakes, you know what I mean? That, uh, similar to the point about um, Moy coming in and as, as Tony pointed out, he was playing with... Tumble and it, and you kind of say, well, there's there's variance, there's there's reasons why people are playing bad, and when you're only getting game time and it's with players who are only up to speed, like yourself, it's hard to it's hard to show up and and play your best uh, version of yourself. And I think James McCarthy was in that midfield as well that day. And and the, the scary thing is, I, I seen pictures of him in training yesterday. So the forty him, him, and I actually seen pictures of. Connor Hazard in training and all, he's posting pictures of himself. And I went, oh, don't tell me there's another change tomorrow. But no, I, I don't see it happening. I think there will be a couple of changes. I think I think you might see some game time for Ralston. I think, and you know what? I I think this could be. Uh, I Ange has won at every stadium in in Scotland except St Mirren Park. So maybe this is in his mind that he he's got a wee he's got a wee marker. He wants to lay them all and beat St Mirren because he's not beat them yet there, but. In terms of the match itself, uh, the, the old one, that was horrific. But, do you know, maybe it was just a wee kick the players needed. And since that match, we've only drew against Rangers in, at Ibrox. And that's forgivable, you know what I mean? And why yeah. the goals was a penalty. And for me, uh, it's probably when you look back, you're going to say, do you know what? It was a motivation for the players to to bank that feeling they had after the match and say, look, we don't want this very often. Let's push forward and rattle this league and show the team, show the, the fans and show the Scotland that we're the team to beat and, and we're not going to be moved for anybody like that again. Yeah, I think, that, like as you said, it's the variations of play that kind of happened. The people who were playing the personnel at the time and Tony, you're big on it. You, you were saying the partnership with Moy and Turnbull didn't really work because of, they're both similar in, in a way, quite slow and not really kind of going to win the ball back. I know Aaron Moy can put it in, but I mean, his pace kind of gets him in that front. And what you said there, Mark, about maybe the kick up the arse of Mane, McGrand always said it sometimes, and you're playing an opposition that's nil each. It's like, Celtic are going to need to go behind here to show a bit of fight and dig and get a go. Sometimes you just need that that wee bolt of energy to keep you going again, and maybe that defeat in Paisley was that. And it was interesting. Tony, I don't know if it's... I mean, I've seen it off the cuff, but maybe you can confirm it for me. Since Postacoglu's been in, Celtic haven't scored at Paisley in the league. And yeah, it's no. like that. Yeah, yeah. So... so so yeah, nothing, nothing each last last year and two nothing this year. So there you go then again. It points to a difficult venue, but since that defeat, Tony, like Mark said, we've we've kind of steamrolled everybody, bar a draw at uh, Ibrox and nine points ahead. Get into this game. Are you confident that we'll see this game through? 
Um, yeah, I think given the fact that Andrew's not the type to make the same mistakes again. Um, so yeah, you talk about so like the previous games there, um, two nothing obviously the last one and nothing each in December um, uh, last season, but also the, the game at home against them. Um, well, we beat them early in the season last year. I think they had the man sent off, so it was like six nothing or something. But after that nothing easy game in December, we then played them at home around about February March, and I think it was about the sixtieth minute before we scored. So I mean they held us out for a bit. So um, if you add in that home game and then the two away games, um, then yeah, they're a difficult opponent. Yeah, we beat them for nothing. Um, Kobe Ashi's debut, and it was interesting to see him playing because um, playing out for the back, and it's might have sort of suited in that game. But even then, when we beat them, was it five one recently? The, but the game was a good game for a while, so I think they're they're a real tough opponent for us just with their, their style um, and just with the way they are. They're like sort of very very direct. The, the like possession in the in the final third is the third most of uh, uh, the whole league. Yeah, the passing and the passing accuracy, um, except it's like the lowest in the league. Do you know what I mean? So loads of interesting stats. I've done a, a preview for it uh, in the site, and interesting stats are just very direct. Um, so a tough opponent, but I think we've got that focus from the, the defeat and Ange wanting to win at that that ground for for um, for the first time will be the focus enough to to do it. I wouldn't do too many changes. I wouldn't bring in Ralston. I play. I played Ralston a few games um, for now at the end of the season, but I think um, tomorrow. Tony, Tony give, give give me your lineup and score prediction now, then. Right. Okay. So the lineup would be um, Hart and goals, um, Johnston, um, and for this game, just uh, important for this game, um, Tanner Vickers, Staffbelt, um, Taylor, um, McGregor. Uh, Hatate and I'm going to go O'Reilly over Moy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but I think it's fifty-fifty there. I think um, O'Reilly just because, because the, the, the way the game is with St. Burn and, and there's no getting much space in there for Moy. Moy like space and there's no much space. Um, and then up front, so the only one thing I would do really if you're picking your best eleven. So up front, I would have um, Jota, um, Kyogo, and I'd make one change. I'd have Haxabanovich instead of Maeda. I just think because of that, okay. the game and the type of thing, Maeda's not going to space as he normally would, and Haxabanovich is, is going to help to create space. That'd be the one change I'd probably, probably do. And prediction Sorry, two, 2 nothing. Kyogo to score the first, and uh, Arayla to score the second. Get your money on it, people. Um, just to come to you, uh, Mark here, Michael McDonald is busting his chaps to know what's on your tap. He's asked about six times, so what's on? Oh, mate, that's Johnny Doyle and uh, Tommy Burns. I'm going for that. Can I say what I'm going for, eh? That's what I... Go for it. TC Terrace's Terrace's, uh, on Twitter, or TC Terrace's on Twitter. Uh, It's really good. uh, It's a growing page, mate, but Johnny Doyle and... My buns a cracker. I just got it. He, he guessed. He guessed the Doyle one. He said, "I'm guessing Doyle and someone else." <laughs> so he got he got one there, right. But the coming back to you, Mark. Yep. <laughs> coming back to you, Mark. It's great that, by the way. Your score nine up prediction. What are you going with? Yes, two 0 Celtic. Uh, my my the team would be Hart, Ralston, Carter, Vickers, Starfield, and Taylor. I'd play uh, Hatati, McGregor, and Moy. I'd play Jota. Maeda, I know. Uh, I see why Haxabanovich should come in because he needs game time. And I would get one match. 
you know, because oh, yeah. it's a small pitch and the chances of getting in behind the, the, the defenders is minimised, and spe- especially with their manager, uh, Robinson. He's always been a, a manager who's hard to beat. You know, he's, 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 his defence is well drilled and I think space in behind might be a premium. premium. So a tall, muscly striker who's able to get in, good in there and get the end across, I, that would do me. Uh, and that's the reason, reason why I would start um, Jota and Maeda. Haksibanovic needs more game time. He's a phenomenal player, but I would start yeah. with Jota and Maeda in order. There's also, I mean, that's a good shout we O, um, just because I like all the sort of the game dynamics, as you say, Matt, there is that sort of possibility because he's done it before. It was Kyogo just behind. So, do you know what I mean? So instead of O'Reilly Moy, um, it could be Hatati McGregor with Kyogo just behind, um, as Matt says, because there's not enough like that space and, and, and O could help Kyogo get a bit of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting, Kyogo playing deep as well. You've seen that a lot in his game the last couple of weeks. He's coming deep, linking the play, which is interesting. We're seeing more of his game come to the fore. For me, I mean, you talk about Tom Musley's strikers. They've got an abundance of them. Curtis Mayen, Ayunga, Louis Mambakas in midfield, who was at the World Cup with Australia, played well. So they're, they are a decent outfit. Do you know I mean, no disrespect to them. And Stephen Robinson did a good Tony job. Watt, Mother. Tony, uh, Tony Watt. So that, and Stephen Robinson, as you said, Mark, and notorious for being hard to beat and kind of making teams better than they should be. Case in point, Motherwell had them in the top six and all. So again, disrespect them. For me, I would go Joe Hart. I was about to say Aranovic. It's so used to saying that. Johnson, <laughs> Carter Vicker, Starfelt, Taylor, Iwata, Cal McGregor, Riho Atate, Haxabanovic, Kyogo, and Mieta. And I'll go 2 0 Celtic. I think I said that at the top of it, but I'll go 2 0 Celtic. Um, what do you think about that lineup? Decent, isn't it? Iwata playing, we've been a mixture. I, well, I like the sound of Iwata because he's, he's game time, and as we discussed earlier on, I mean, to get game time in a game against Rangers in a cup final when the game wasn't won yet so that just tells you that the manager's got a lot of faith in him and um, mm-hmm. I fling him in let's see what he can do give him at least an hour and see how he copes with uh, St Madden Park small tight pitch and see how it goes on exactly and everybody watching please get involved with the show sponsor Sharna 10% off in the description below cracking t-shirts much like Mark's wearing hoodies windbreakers whatever you want all that casual type gear if you want to be one of them so get involved with it we're getting their t-shirts this week Cracking website, cracking we independent clothing brand. But Tony, have you enjoyed being back on? Yeah, enjoyed it. And I remember my very first um, uh, stats drop. Um, it was just after that Sydney game. It was right after it. Oh, and I remember the, I mean, talking about clothing. You criticised me for what I was wearing that night, and it was this, this, the grey Celtic top. The Celtic <laughs> so that's the question. Go Celtic. We're talking about lineups. What stripper Celtic are going to wear tomorrow? That's the key question. Mm, that's the question. Mm-hmm. They better not wear that one. They better not wear that. It's a nice top, but they better not wear it. Yeah, it's a, nice <laughs> it's a nice top to wear. Uh, at the beach and things like that, but uh, maybe maybe not at Love Street. That's the only option I yeah. can think of because the free strips this season don't none of them suitable. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. No, great, great to be back on. Um and just yeah, I've just been busy working different things like that just now. So um uh, great to great to be back on. We'll be doing another stats drop soon, me and Stuart. It just, uh, my house is chaos, so trying to get things involved is, is I met, crazy. But I, met, I met Stuart at the, I think it was the St. Mum game, the Wednesday night game. Um, I, got him a couple, I got him a couple of tickets, so I met him outside, gave him a couple of tickets for the game, so got to meet him. Where's the favours for me? No favours for me, no? 
<laughs> what about you, Mark? Have you enjoyed being back on? I'm glad you were desperate enough to ask me back on, mate. I appreciate it. Uh, no, I always quite enjoyed that. I said before, that's why the, the podcast I love watching during COVID and the you know, rest of it, and I've always enjoyed watching the, the show. So it's good to be asked to come on and uh, just talk to different folk on your show. So thanks for having me back on, mate. Yeah, and we all know we're going to find you. John Duncan said it himself, the Boise bus. Get on it. They've done like a four-hour episode last night of nostalgia. I couldn't keep it for all. Like, but Phil McGinley's an absolute whiz kid. I get yeah, all that knowledge. So get involved with it. Shows every day. It's a great laugh. They're great lads and they're great friends of this show. But in the meantime, we'll be back possibly tomorrow. I'll have an interview with everyone's favourite Japanese uh, journalist, Dan Orovitz. Sunday Live Part 2. Hopefully uh-huh. we'll be tomorrow morning all being well. Me and Dan are talking and sorting that out. But until then, stay well and keep safe. He'll help.